And record. Yeah. All right. You seeing those lines oh, going, Brian? Bro, you so, seeing those blue lines? So many blue lines, you bro. Them, they're they're so going. Blue lines? They're going up right. and down. This is reminding me. This is how I record the podcast with Chris because uh, I'm just always afraid that he's not recording it. So I'm like, dude, do you see blue lines? And he'll be like, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, they're there. <laughs> with yeah, who? Chris, uh, Chris Sackers oh, I thought you, and I, I thought a, you said Curtis. I, I knew you did one with Chris, and I was like, who the fuck's Curtis? How's Chris doing, man? I ain't talked to him in a long time. He's doing good, dude. He just, uh, his textbook from Rutledge is coming out in February. Uh, he sent it to me, and it's fucking genius. It's the best book on writing I've ever read. No shit. So, uh, Where's he at now? Is yeah, he still in Seattle, or? No, he's in Vegas. Okay, he went back to Vegas. Yeah, he's in Vegas right now. He's uh, tutoring and teaching, and he was giving a talk at Cambridge. Or like Chris is a ama- like Chris is an amazing writer. Mm-hmm. So this is not a slight on him, but I have no idea how he ends up in the places that he ends up. Because he's he'll just be at Cambridge one day. I'm like, what the fuck? What did he go to like an just, Ivy League school or something? Like he's smart. As I don't fuck. know where he went. I think he went to. I think he did his like masters. I think it was in Australia at the, the University of Melbourne. Mm, that, yeah, uh, I remember. Here, yeah, he was at the yeah, first because he's got that accent. You know, mm-hmm. it's it's like a an accent of of everywhere and nowhere. It's like a Mel Gibson accent. Mm-hmm. You know, <laughs> he was at the first Bizarro Con I went to, and we hung out quite a bit. He's a good dude, man. I like yeah, I met I met him at the same Bizarro Con that I met you at, at actually. Oh, yeah. And I don't know if you remember this, but you were like resting your head on my shoulder. I'm not making this up. This isn't a joke. You like had your your head on my shoulder, and we were hanging out outside the pool hall at Edgefield, and you were telling me how much you love me. And then Patrick Wensick came out and started doing it too. Uh, because he was just fucking hammered, and that's that's how I made all my friends. I, wait, wait, wait! I don't think I've ever met Patrick Wensink. <laughs> oh no! You know what? I'm mixing up my stories. Patrick Wensink did that to me at a different. Con- okay, yeah, I'm mixing up my stories. But y'all both have put your head on my shoulder. Well, hey, and dude, said I mean, that you love me. That's what that's what lazy fastest writers do, bro. We. <laughs> put our heads on people's shoulders and fucking tell them how much we love them yeah exactly well, you just met well hi every- oh, oh, hi everybody which, which, welcome by the way, to Agitator dude, Cam- Cameron said Jamie I had to give Osborne. him a shout out Cameron said I had to give a shout out to Cameron Pierce <laughs> right on right on I, I already did the intro for the show so that, that'll be it people know what this podcast is but who are you sir who's on our show today oh I'm Brian Allen Corr like, do I and need to explain who what, I am? You uh, you work with asbestos. Not really. Uh, not really asbestos. I mean, every now and again, there's asbestos. I sell a lot of mold remediation and crawl space repair. And then, you know, yeah. I'm like you two gentlemen. I write uh, write books. Yeah. What, which books have you written? My most recent one was called Opioid Indiana. It's on Soho. Mm-hmm. I did another one with Soho called Sip. And then with Lazy Fascists, I did most notably, I think the one that most people know of is Motherfucking Sharks. That's a good one. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Shape of Many, Every many years ago. Is underrated. Dude, that's actually probably the best one I did with Lazy Fascist. And, yeah. uh, but, you know, I mean, it was a story collection and it didn't. You know, it, it was what it was. It didn't do what the other two did for sure. It has a story um, where a kid pisses in another kid's mouth, so I love it. Uh, yeah, I like 
I like when people piss on people. <laughs> <laughs> not on me, though. I'm not like that, bro. No, you just like to watch. <laughs> yeah, no, I'll watch it all day long, dude. I'll record it. Edit it with, like, some clown footage. You know. <laughs> I, li I like to make anthologies of piss tapes, bro. <laughs> piss like tape. Faces of Death, but it's Faces of Piss. Faces of Piss. Exactly. <laughs> dude, y'all remember Faces of Death? You used to have to fucking rent that Fuck shit. yeah, dude. Oh, yeah. It was all fucking fake, bro. No. Don't tell me that. Yeah, it was fake. No. Like, faces of I, I saw some real ones on the internet, though. I think I talked about it on this podcast. Wait, no, wait, dude. Like, I saw one where, like, they bang open a monkey's brain and eat the brain. All that was fake? No, the people dying, I think, were fake, though. There's one video I saw on the internet, though, of a guy getting his throat cut out. That was definitely real and very disturbing. I saw... No, dude, there's, there was one in there where, like, a lion bit a dude. That had to have been real. No, I'm basically repeating something that I read online. I don't know if it's fake or not. I don't know either. I don't know, dude. Honestly, guys, I don't know what's real and what's what's fake. Uh, period. Anymore. You know what I? You know what I think is fake? I think I think Joe Biden is fake. I don't think he's real. Uh, like you think he's a hologram or a robot? Mm-hmm. Hologram. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Holograms go through shit. We figured this out because we watched both Ghost in the Shell movies, and I was like, mm, sure. You know that looks that looks a lot like Joe Biden. Can a hologram shit their <laughs> pants though? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. If we titled our episodes, that would be the, the title of this episode. Get a hologram shit their pants. That, that's like, uh, it has the same ring to it as do androids dream of electric sheep. There you go. It, it's, it's the sequel to that. <laughs> Dude, I, I reread that like uh, maybe about five, six months ago. Though it probably was like three years ago the way I think about time anymore. Um, that's a good fucking book, dude. And I it decided funny. I decided the whole thing was a metaphor for car sales. Because, right, there's this part where everybody's trading in their shit for a better animal. And it sounds just like when you're fucking selling a car. You're like, dude, come on, mm. dude. And, and there's a part two where, like, the salesmen at these Android shops they'll get on the phone and bang leads right so they'll call like people who bought a sheep from them like seven years ago and be like hey man you should upgrade and that's what you do when you sell cars like your first thing when you sell cars is they give you access to like everybody who's ever bought a car and you're supposed to call those people and be like hey i saw you bought a kia optima in 2016 why don't you swap that in for a whatever and I was like selling cars when I read that book, so I guess it was like two years ago. And I was like, dude, this is this is a metaphor for car sales. But I don't know if Philip K. Dick ever sold cars or not. You like selling cars, right? It was fun. Um, I wouldn't do it for forever. I still have buddies who do it. It was an interesting. It was interesting, and it taught me a lot about like money and people, and how people lie about money. It's a trip, dude. Go on. Well. <laughs> well, so, all right, like, so people come in, right, and they'll tell you what they want out of a car, and they'll tell you what they can pay. And they'll act like high rollers, right? And then you'll go to, like, set them up with their, you know, loan or whatever, and you find out they got, like, a you can't get a finance, right? Because, like, you mm -hmm. can, and, and so, but, but in that pursuit of figuring out whether or not you can get people financed, you start to see, like, 
you see their credit history right so like you know what kind of debt they have and all this kind of stuff and it's interesting because like you could a lot of people will have this persona of like the you know they're businessmen or they're badass motherfuckers and then like you get their their credit report so like right they come in you meet them you learn about them you drive their vehicle with them you talk to them and then you get to like immediately see their credit report and figure out whether or not they're full of shit <laughs> and it's a it's a trip dude like in my a lot of people are. And then you would find people who, like, you thought for sure were poor as fuck and who would, like, you know, buy a $50,000 car with cash. Um, it, it was interesting. And then, too, like, people just, uh, when they buy cars, they're real insincere about what it is that they want. Um, they'll be like, oh, I just want something simple, blah, blah, blah. And then all of a sudden they talk themselves into the highest trim vehicle you have, you know. It's weird. Car sales was weird, man. It's interesting that the people who look like they're poor are the ones with fifty thousand dollars in me. cash. It, yeah, that's me. it doesn't and, happen yeah. a ton. Yeah. We we had this one guy who came in. We called Gandalf the Poop, and uh, he just looked like <laughs> he looked like he looked like a fat little Gandalf, right? And I'm and every time I saw him, like four or five times, he was always wearing the same sweatpants, and it looked like he shat in him, right? And he didn't buy a fifty thousand dollar car. I think he bought like a ten thousand dollar car. But he just paid for it in cash, you know? And if you can pay for a $10,000 car, you can usually get a much more expensive car if you're willing to finance. But, like, you know, if you would have just seen him, you'd have thought he was homeless. But, he, you know, he was, like, a retired whatever. Home sales, mm -hmm. I mean, home mm -hmm. in-home sales were even kind of different because, like, you know, you'll go to somebody's house and it's super well-kept. And then you, but you'll come to find that, like, you know they their finances aren't necessarily in order I, I like a couple years ago i had this black lady and she had like an impeccable house and she talks shit about mm -hmm. all of her about like all of her neighbors and then like you know we come out to like try to finance her deal or whatever and she's like well i got all this debt you know and it's like it's weird man right. people miss misplace their energy a lot i, I don't know it's weird people are the, weird it, in the in the words of Lil Wayne, real G's move in silence. Like, like lasagna. lasagna. That is probably the best line ever. One and two took me three years to understand. <laughs> like, did you did you know how to spell I just, lasagna? I just never unpacked it, bro. Like I was like, that's weird. And then one day I was jogging. <laughs> I was one day I was jogging and I heard it again, and I was like, oh my god. You know, so and, you thought you thought it was just like saying that real G like they're silent like lasagna. So he could have said anything. He could have been like, yes. real G's move in silence like Parmesan. Yes, or, and I would have been real like real G's move in silence like Chef Boyardee. Yes, yeah. I had no weird. idea, and I said three years, but that's <laughs> bullshit. When did that when did that song drop? Because I I've loved that song uh, ever since it came out, and I think I probably I think 2012 okay so i probably figured this out in 2019 not gonna lie <laughs> <laughs> i i was teaching okay, i was teaching high school the year i figured it out mm -hmm. so it was a few years ago and uh right. when I, whenever i'm teaching uh writing i teach epigrams right which is like basically all lil wayne does right those sort of like two-part sentences where the first part's a setup and the second part's a finale that doesn't quite match up with the first part, but it's like badass. Um, yeah. And uh, and I've always used that song because, like, if you look in like the literary books about like uh, epigrams, 
there will be stuff by like Oscar Wilde and whatever. There's like a few. They'll throw like five or six. It's always a very short segment on uh, epigrams. But like six foot, seven foot, it's like every fucking line is one of those. But so I was teaching high school. I'd probably been teaching that for forever. And I was like, dude, I just realized what real G's move in silence like lasagna means. And like <laughs> all my students knew that song too, but half of, most of them didn't realize it either. So... Yeah, I, it made a bunch of fucking retards. Well, yeah. <laughs> I mean, to be to be fair, they're high school students, dude. I mean, <laughs> yeah. they're well, too busy. See, they were too busy looking at porn and jerking off to fucking really slice up the lyrics, bro. <laughs> I, um, I I had that on CD, so I opened up the lyrics book and actually read it. And instead of just listening to it, and when I read it, I realized that lasagna has a G in it that you just don't say. So, so you didn't realize it either right off the bat, did you or no? No, right off the bat. Like, I was listening to it, li- looking through the booklet, and I was like, oh, that's how you spell lasagna. And then he said it, and I was like, ah, okay, because the G is silent. I See, I think I could have always spelled lasagna, but it didn't even... Here's another thing about me, and I maybe have told one of y'all this story before, I don't know. I thought that the Domino's Pizza logo... Uh, until I was like in my 20s was two dice sitting side by side and then like <laughs> and, then, and then one day I was driving with a friend and I was like oh my god like we drove by a Domino's and like it didn't even so like and look guys I realize I'm stupid when I'm stupid dude I got I know bro I got one of the I got one like that For, until I was in my 20s I thought that the D in Walt Disney was like a funny backwards G and I never got why he did that oh I thought I that like, too that doesn't yeah, I was like, "What the? Why does he use a backwards G for Disney?" Have you all ever That's Have not... you all ever seen where somebody talks about how the Colonel from KFC, his bow tie looks like a little body? No, no. <laughs> Google, Google, Google KFC logo, and like, I'm still I'm still laughing about the Domino's dice thing. It that is, shit is so it's funny. pretty bad. It's pretty bad. <laughs> Like, and my, and my friend, dude, my friend was like, dude, you're a fucking retarded, bro. He was like, are you high? Right, dude, look at that KFC logo. It looks like a head with a That's very, it. the bow tie looks like a tiny body. Oh, dude, I see it. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, oh. Looks like oh, a tiny man, little man. Oh, it's beautiful. Oh. <laughs> That's funny. Well, I thought the uh, oh. Chick Fil A outline was a penguin. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm looking at it right now. But to be fair, it looks like a penguin, bro. It just does. <laughs> oh my god. Oh man, I'm crying. I didn't realize. So I didn't realize that the IHOP logo has a face in it. I just realized that yesterday. Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah, IHOP does. Yeah, you know, you guys, everybody knows the FedEx Arrow thing. Yeah, I've seen right? that one too. But I, again, that's one that I probably didn't see until my thirties. It, yeah, it's amazing. Right it's amazing, guys, what you miss uh, when you're stupid as fuck. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, I hear you, dude. I, uh, dude, I've done so many stupid things in my life. I mean, I've, I really don't have any room to talk. My boss at the hot dog restaurant once looked at me. Uh, and I never lived this down because they asked me to fill up the 
like the pans to put over the stove and it was my first day mm-hmm. uh but they just they just said put water on and i like poured water into the element oh um, nice and yeah and they're like why did, who who does that and i didn't i mean i didn't have a good answer for him it was just i just kind of put water in it yeah and i was like amelia bedelia you know Oh sure, where she like cuts cuts the curtains and shit. Isn't that Amelia right, Bedelia? Right. Well, like she yeah, she's exactly. a maid, and she just right. fucks up yeah, the whole house. Yeah, she always misunderstands things, and you know, that's kind of that's kind of my deal. But uh, so, are you enjoying reading children's books to your kids? Because you couldn't have made that Amelia Bedelia reference like three years ago, could you have, or could you have? Uh, oh oh no, I I haven't read Amelia Bedelia to the kiddo yet. We're reading a book about dinosaurs. Um, and he really likes Star Wars stuff. Sure. Um, and uh, that's that's pretty much it. We have some Sesame Street stuff he doesn't vibe with as much. Um, but yeah, no, I, I like reading to the kid though. It's fun yeah. if you can pay attention to it. Well, even if they can't, it's kind of fun. But your kid's, I guess, pretty. How old? How old's your? It's your son, right? Yeah. How old's your son? Uh, he is seven months. He's almost seven months. Yeah. So, like at that point in time, like the most you'd be reading is like little, little cardboard books, right? Or like yeah, little... basically. Yeah. I expect I expect the best though. I expect him to be on point and reading uh, by the age of one. I read a lot more to my first kid than to my second kid. I feel pretty bad about that. And as How many? You have three, right? I got or just two. 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 Two, two daughters. Two daughters. Twelve right? and seven. Yep. And the younger Yo, one. What the fuck is going on, bro? <laughs> is that Kelby or you? <laughs> That's Kelby, yeah. dude. Yeah, Rowan is going fucking crazy. <laughs> he, is, he has this like Tonka dump truck and he's chasing me with yeah. it and laughing hysterically. <laughs> I mean dude it's Friday the best bro. Podcast ever. Why wouldn't you? Yeah. T G I F. Yeah, he also um, has no pants on. He's living it up. Well, on this episode I wanted to talk about the movie and I also since we have Brian on I wanted to talk about writing stuff. Um, but I figured we'd talk about the movie first. So, uh, do either of you guys want to do a summary? Or you want me to do it? Either either way is fine with me. Um, why don't we, why don't we do why don't there's three of us and there's four segments of the movie. Okay. We yeah, we could all, we could all take a segment and then whoever does the worst on their segment has <laughs> to do the fourth segment too. <laughs> okay, that sounds good. Okay. All right. So how do uh, we, I don't know who wants to do the first one. Uh, we gonna rock paper scissors? Um, no, you 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 go first. You go first, Kelby. You do the woman with the hair, okay. the hair, the hair in black. Okay. All right. So there's a woman with some black hair, and uh, there's a man who is like, you know what? You got you got some beautiful ass hair, but uh, mm-hmm. you ain't got no money. So yeah, right. <laughs> there's this other hoe that got like a lot of money. I'm gonna go marry her ass and uh, leave you here to you know play with your little spindle thing that you that you mess with. What are you rumple still skin or something? And uh, hey, can, can, real quick, real quick, did y'all notice this about the movie that anybody who was working wasn't really doing shit? 
Like there was this one yeah. lady in the second one <laughs> yes. who's like supposed to be doing a job and she's just banging a stick. <laughs> yeah, she's like, just nothing is like happening at all. Uh, <laughs> I was sorry, wondering. Sorry. I was like, are they making clothes? What did they do? How is that? What is she she's beating like, out of she's that? Like, she's beautiful. She's just and she fucking never ages, and she's like just hitting the, like with a wiffle bat or wait, something. Wait, wait. <laughs> yeah. Well, her. But there's an old lady later on who's just yeah. hitting something. And you're like, what the fuck are you doing, lady? But anyway, sorry, Kelby. <laughs> yeah so uh and it's, it's kind of backwards like pretty early this movie came out in 1965 so pretty early for that kind of gender swapping where it's you know the man who leaves to marry up uh but he he marries this chick who has uh some black grills so she's wait is that what that was or or is she just a poisonous bitch well and don't leave out the fucking eyebrows that she has either she's got some brows bro oh right yeah no she definitely had some brows or some they were weren't they they were painted yeah 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 that's how you know she's rich oh good call she's rich enough to cut off her eyebrows (laughs) she's rich enough she don't need no eyebrows like Britney Spears. Yeah, she can afford the uh, the paint to put on her head. Well, I bet it was hard oh, to God. find a razor back in the day to shave your eyebrows with. You couldn't go to the corner store. Look, oh, right, and that's a this clean fucking movie cut. take place? When does this movie take place? Does anybody know? Um, uh, 1930? Oh. No. Uh, no, it's got to be earlier. Oh yeah. No, yeah, this yeah, is yeah. like seventeenth or eighteenth century. Yeah. It's, it's What's like the name of the evil, movie again, guys? Evil. It's it's Ken. Quite on. Quite on. Oh yeah. <laughs> Dude, I watched it. It's a good flick. I read about it. I can't remember what it's called. <laughs> oh shit. Dude, dude, we already talked about my fucking brain. What with the Domino's logo. Sorry. <laughs> so, I'm gonna be I'm gonna be cracking up about that for like a week. I'm just gonna think about that. It's gonna bring me joy. <laughs> I gotta get that shit tattooed on my fucking arm so that I remember that usually the first thing I think is fucking stupid. <laughs> yeah, right, right. But you know, I mean, like it. You have a different kind of intelligence. Do I? Thing. That's how. That's how I've explained it away for myself. Is that you know, it's not that I'm stupid. I just have a different kind of intelligence, uh, where I'm really, I'm really good at. Uh, I don't know, man. I'm good at something. I guess. Yeah, I'm gonna find out what it is one day. Yeah. David's like his no, own mom. He's always like, "You're a special boy." You're a special right. boy, David. <laughs> David, you make me proud. That's all that matters. <laughs> that's right. She she does say that shit. She does say that shit. That's awesome. Like, oh, you're, she's like, you're just doing great. And I'm like, am I? Does <laughs> am your, I really? <laughs> does your mom read your books? Uh, she does. Yeah, she does. Mine does too, um, Kelby. Yeah, family yeah, she does. Mm-hmm. What is your what do you what do your family members think? Oh, they think I'm the best. They know what's up. What about you, David? Yeah, that's what you. Oh, my mom says uh, she's very she's honest, but she is sweet. She's like it was great. She's like I I didn't understand it uh, with the first one. <laughs> you um, gotta tell it. It's a metaphor for selling books, mom. Like the demon. Yeah, the throat, exactly. Like you know. Yeah, yeah. No, I don't know. Uh, she likes them. I don't think my dad's read any any of them. Um, uh, most of my family has no idea what I do or how I survive. No, that's um, 
Keep, dude, keep it like a secret, dude. <laughs> yeah, they're like yeah. he's a stay-at-home moocher. <laughs> Rios is winning all the bread. <laughs> that's that's probably what that's probably what the story is. They're just like, yeah, he just doesn't do shit. He just stays at home. Hey, dude. Would be nice. You're you're raising a child. They don't know. They don't know. Yeah, they don't know how I make yeah. my money. You gotta tell them this, this is a, this is a full-time job too. Okay. I'm like those you have, you know those girls where they'll they'll take like a picture in lingerie and their kid will be in the background like sitting on the bed. Yes. Yeah. That's I went to that's that's what I do. Um, <laughs> basically that's basically what I do. Yeah. I like it though. I thought you were going to talk about like uh just just straight up Instagram models uh who are all over the place all the time. Uh, yeah, they don't do shit, man. It must be a nice life to just be hot. hot yeah. And that's it. That's like your job. Like, don't get fat. Don't post any yeah. full nudes. Just, like, close to, you know. I think that's the thing, right? Like, you, like Sophie Mudd, right? She's got, like, she's hot, but she's never naked. Mm-hmm. And so people turn tune in for that shit. It's brilliant. It's a fucking that's great stupid. bit. It's that's a, it's a great business model. Don't give them it what a... you have. Let them just keep wanting it. That's kind of cool. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's it's why true. we don't write day, endings though. to our books. <laughs> yes, yeah, exactly. <laughs> just, hey, dude, just, just like part four of this movie. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, there's no ending. Where there's that's like, good, hey, man, ain't no fucking ending, uh, but there's this dude in this pot. <laughs> <laughs> All right, how far how far did we get with the explanation of the first fucking part? I think we got to the point where uh, she's got a black he grill. Leaves, he leaves her, and she's got a black grill. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So she's got a black grill, and she's the lady of the world. So they're traveling and shit, and eventually, they make it back to the town where he left the first chick, and he's all sentimental and everything, and is like, "I'm gonna go check it out." And there was a weird, uh, there was like a weird time thing going on. I didn't understand like if he was, he was like there and then he left and then he came back again or something. There Uh, was a lot of bits like in this, like if you looked away, like almost nothing happens. But if you look away and look back, you miss something fucking insane. Like where, where it's like, yeah, where are these people or whatever? But yeah. Yeah. But basically he feels bad. And so he, uh. He leaves the SoundCloud rapper chick for um, <laughs> uh, for for his old his old lady, and she takes him back with open arms and everything. And it's just like, oh yes, you you've come back and yada yada, and um, they they do it right, yeah. I I think so, yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, they they course, do it 1965 style. Yeah, they do it 1965 style. On where he's like, I want to lay with you, style. my love. Yeah. And yeah. and then it's like sunset or whatever, and and then she's just a pile of hair, and uh, he's he's looking at her hair and watching it turn gray, and then he sees her turn into a skeleton, and then he himself starts aging rapidly. And then he uh, then he dies, and he that's does. the end of the first one. That is all right. Who's doing number two? 
Here, I'll do number two because number three confused the shit out of me. <laughs> okay, cool. I'll take number three. That's fine. <laughs> number three is probably the best one, but I was like, what the fuck is happening? Um, <laughs> we always put the workload on David. <laughs> It's true. <laughs> it's all right. It's all right. Showing up for it. I'll show up for it. All right. Give us, give us number. Give us number two, Brian. All right. Number two was called. I think the snow. What was it? The Snow Queen. Fuck, dude. I meant it's to Google. Woman in the snow. <laughs> yeah, her. Nothing like that. <laughs> the woman in the snow. Is that what it is? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Lady so, ladies, lady snow, bitch. <laughs> So in this one, two woodcutters get lost, and then the lady sucks the older one's soul out, and she tells this fucking dude uh, who witnesses all this shit, she's like, look, you've seen me, I'm badass, don't tell anybody about me or I'll fucking kill you. And he's like, whatever, and he goes off and lives a life, and he meets this lady who's fucking hot. And they bang and shit, and they have some kids. Well, uh, she doesn't age, which is like a thing in this book, right? Or I'm book movie. Like in the first one, right? That when the dude gets back, he's like, "You, you look the exact same. You haven't aged." And then the second one, the lady who's beaten the towel for no reason is like, "This bitch don't age," right? Talking about the wife <laughs> yeah. who's had the kids. Yeah. And then this part was kind of cruel, right? So this dude, he can't fucking tell anybody about um about this snow lady bitch right who who will fucking kill him if he talks about it and enough time has passed that he it seems like he just forgets that he's not supposed to say anything he's hanging out Mm -hmm. with his wife the wife reminds him of the woman in the snow and he like accidentally tells her about the woman in the snow and then she's like motherfucker i got news for you that was me uh, I'm not gonna kill you because I had three kids who I love so much that I'm fixing to abandon them. <laughs> <laughs> and if you Dude, I understand, if, I understand that feeling though, for real. I do, I do too. But then <laughs> she's like, th- th- this part's kind of fucked up, right? Because she's like, I'm leaving you. You take care of these kids. If they bitch about you, I'm gonna come back and kill you. Now here's the thing, Which though. They're, they're going to. Dude, that guy. One, yes, they're going to. But two, if they don't, he's gonna have to be the shittiest fuck. Like those kids are gonna grow up with no fucking morals and no fucking guidance, and uh, and I, they'll probably be just like their mom, sucking souls out of fucking woodcutters, <laughs> and then marrying, and then marrying people, giving them children, and be like, raise this shit or I'll fucking kill you. Japanese bitches are hardcore, dude. Yeah, I'm starting Art, to see. This is like there's a lot of misogyny going on in this movie. I really fuck with it. Yeah, <laughs> yes, but then there's also the bit. The women in the movie are much harder than the men. The men are pussies, dude. In this movie, right? That's like in the, in the first one, in the fir- well, like think about the first one. The dude, the guy's like, I'm fucking poor. I gotta marry up. And then uh, his his ex wife is like, "Come back and fuck me, so I can turn into hair and torture you for the rest of your life." <laughs> <laughs> That's dude. I am woman. Hear me roar, dude. That's what that is. Yeah, yeah. So it's it's genius. That's why this is a masterpiece. It's it's dude. misogynist and it's a girl power flick. <laughs> 
Did y'all oh, did y'all notice that like clearly this is one of Wes Anderson's absolute favorite directors? Like the whole time I was watching it, I was like, because there were periods where like he shows like nothing but like um, like anytime he showed a door, it was like perfectly symmetrical, right? Like a, like Wes Anderson does. Mm-hmm. And then mm-hmm. um, there was something else that kind of reminded me of it, but I can't necessarily remember. It was a pretty movie. God, it was fucking pretty. The parts oh, were yeah, like the really weird was. shit in the sky. Oh my God, it was so beautiful. <coughs> yeah, the eyeballs and yeah. yeah, all the painted backgrounds. They they shot this whole movie on an airplane hangar with all those different sets. Is that because right? that's the only place that that could fit it? Yeah, yeah. It was uh, at the time it was made. It was the most expensive Japanese movie in history because um, of all those sets, basically. Did it do um, well at the box office? There's no fucking way. No, I don't think so. I think it, it was very divided. Um, actually, I know exactly how much it made, oddly enough, which is 250 million yen, which oh, I don't even know how God. much that was in 1965. No, I mean, that, that might be $5. That was, like two, uh, that was somewhere around $2 million, maybe almost $2 million. So yeah. how, many, yeah. how, many, how many yen did it take to make? Like $350 I don't remember. million. Yeah. So it basically it lost took- a million dollars. See, it's. I wonder if it's earned that back though. In in streaming, (laughs) (laughs) in sixty years, they're like, "Hey, it earned it. It earned it back on HBO." (laughs) On Criterion, yeah. Yeah. Um, Well, after this podcast drops, dude. (laughs) Dude, it's gonna blow up. Quite on is gonna be. This fucking movie is just raking it. It's a good movie though. I'm not gonna lie. It is good. It's long, but it's good. It could, um, it could have been shorter. Part, is yours that you're going to tell us about? Yeah, when when it uh, when it debuted, it can actually in 1965 they they cut out the woman in the snow part to make it shorter, so that story's not even in there, um, which is weird to me because I don't know if that one's my favorite um, or the I just like cold shit. I like that even though you can tell it's all fake snow and stuff, it has a feeling of coldness to it. Um, but the the third part is uh i think i think without the second part the third part kind of doesn't work as well because i feel like those those two tonal like the bookends of the movie are kind of like schlocky uh goofy horror stuff but the 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 two in the middle have like an emotional through line that work together well and they Um, they have the same argument too like it's like the same moral i think what's that well, so in oh the, right, 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 yeah, like, like the, don't, don't fuck with don't ghosts. Don't talk basically. about the ghosts. Yeah, like fucking, we're ghosts. <laughs> right, we're badass. If you tell people about us, you're fucked. Yeah, no, totally. So in uh, in part three, which is called uh, uh, the ear list, um, what's the guy's name? Um, it begins he, with an he, O. Oh, he, 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 itchy, itchy, right? Ho, no. Hoichi? Hoichi. 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 Dude, we're, we're fucking... We, we sound like white fucking pricks right now. Ocho. His name is Ocho. <laughs> so, uh, Hoichi is a, is a blind dude who works at a monastery doing menial tasks. Um, and they have him doing really fucked up shit, like go pour the water into the bucket and he's splashing it all over the place because he can't see but he also (laughs) yeah he also basically has uh, this insane knowledge of this hundred part ballad about uh, a kind of war of the roses clash between families in ancient Japan 
um, like the the Genji people versus the Heike or Heike people, and um, the segment starts off with a reenactment of their final battle together, which is at sea, yeah. uh, and it's very elaborate, very staged. You know, it's got these boats going at, at each other. Uh, it had to have been a huge water tank that they were filming this thing in. Um, and basically, the Heikes lose, and the women commit suicide along with the, the emperor, who's a, a baby. Um, which I don't really know if that baby had a choice in what was going on. Oh, no, dude, I've seen a baby they... kill themselves. Really? No. When? No. <laughs> dude, I'm three months old. Yeah. I've got nowhere. <laughs> You're like on the ultrasound, and it's like, it's a boy. No, wait, that's a gun. What? <laughs> yeah. He's trying to call the suicide hotline, but he doesn't know how to use a phone. Uh, <laughs> but, uh,. So, so basically, like, they all die, and they become ghosts, and they go to this graveyard, and Hoichi, who is, again, blind, uh, is summoned by one of the um, foot soldiers of the ghost army in the graveyard to come to the graveyard and to sing one of his uh, songs on his biwa uh, about, about the battles, right? Because the ghosts want to, I guess, relive the past through his retellings, um, and... So he goes, uh, he does it for two nights, and uh, he'll play for them all night, and then when he gets back to the monastery, he's, he's ghostly pale, and eventually two hapless uh, other uh, sort of janitors there follow him and see what's going on, they pull him out of it, and they tell the elder guy, uh, the, the ancient, the head priest, about what's going on, and the priest says, you know what, I know exactly what to do to get rid of this ghost problem. And so they proceed to stage this elaborate ritual where they paint his entire body in the Heart Sutra, uh, except for his ears. Like, they forget dude, to guys, if y'all gotta ever paint me up, dude, get my ears, bro. Get my ears. Get get the ears. <laughs> get the ears. Yeah. Because yeah. what they say is you're you're gonna sit out and wait for the ghost to come find you, and what you do is you stay absolutely still still because the ghost can't see the parts of you that are covered in the Heart Sutra. Um, which is really funny because I, that means that there's a point where they, they painted his dick, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, but well, wait, 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 his, wait did, they, did they paint his... Yeah, I guess they would have had to have done, right? Right. Can exactly. you imagine if they fucked it up, dude, and fucking got his ears, but not his dude. dick? <laughs> <laughs> and it's just this glowing dick that the, that the spirit sees. Yeah, the ghost is like, he left his penis behind. <laughs> dude, somebody has got to fucking remake this shit. Oh, that's Where his dick just gets ripped off. Uh, dude, no, if, they had to, if they had to, if they had to, they, I don't think that the heart suture is long enough to paint my dick. But um, <laughs> that would fucking suck, dude. I have a thirty-four yeah. foot cock. Uh, it's only it's it's normal girth. <laughs> <laughs> Bitches be like, nah, oh. we're good. <laughs> so they so they 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 paint his body except for his ears, and the spirit shows up and says. Oh, he left his ears behind and then proceeds to rip his ears off and bring them back to prove to his master that he uh, tried, that he actually did what he was supposed to do. Uh, and then the, the ending of the story is actually really funny to me because it's got a happy ending uh, because people hear about this story far and wide 
and they come to see Hoichi uh, sing these songs and and he's still doing his thing with the BY the story ends with it saying like he becomes very wealthy which is just it's kind of funny all that dark shit happens and then they're like but it turned out okay because you know he 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 gave he gave something back to or uh, to the spirit world. Or yeah, whatever. his fucking ears. Um, he gave his ears back. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. So that one, as you guys have said, I think that is it's definitely the centerpiece of the movie. It it kind of feels like that could have been the whole movie, hmm. um, but uh, it's got these elaborate set pieces. The point where he's singing the song about the actual battle where all the ghosts died in and the set keeps changing and there's fire and then there's not fire and what brian said about it being very wes anderson like with everything being arranged just so Mm. the the staging of the actors is like impeccable the way that the um the burned banners are falling into the water and the fog is rising uh it's it's extremely beautiful to look at but also man fucking long and i like uh i like boring shit i really do but I, I was I was thinking at a certain point during this I was like god damn how long how long is this is this part how long is this movie and then that's when I was like oh it's three hours god damn okay that's yeah, what's going on when here. y'all told me we were gonna watch this movie uh, cause I didn't know about it and I pulled it up and I was like three fucking hours man <laughs> uh, but then it ended up being perfect because it was an anthology and I think I watched it in four sittings one each time um, right right yeah, I don't like I anthologies man I fucking I dig them not gonna lie yeah yeah they're good all right who who gets the fourth part of this why don't we just why don't we round robin it we just all fucking uh, stab at it yeah yeah, let's do it. Well, that, the uh, uh, Kel- Kelby made the joke earlier on on the text, so so he gets to talk teacup. <laughs> yeah, talk talk teacup. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. I had my little my my cup of some young guy, you know, before the show started. <laughs> so there's a uh, an author is telling the story of a samurai who goes to make himself a tea one day and finds a dude inside of it. But it's not his own reflection. I hate it when that happens. I know. When yeah. there's just like a, it's like, hey, who put this dude here? Like, I wanted this later. <laughs> I'm trying to warm up for the day. Like, <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not ready for the dude in the cup yet. <laughs> but I thought it was, it was hilarious because he sees the reflection of another, obviously not him, uh, samurai and his cup and he like is looking around like where is this guy and then he looks up in yeah. the, he looks up in the sky and sees a kite with like the painting of a samurai on it and he's like is it the kite <laughs> I'm like yeah, I, don't, right. I don't think so bro <laughs> like, that's kind of like a kind of like a Brian and the Dominoes thing going on there <laughs> so, alright so he and <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Continue. He drinks that motherfucker, dude. He drinks him. <laughs> He's like, "Fuck it, I'm drinking him," and he just drinks him. JDO, it's your turn. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> and then, and then uh, later on, it turns out this guy is a guard for a lord's manor, and the guy who he drank shows up and says. Uh, you don't remember who I am? You don't remember me? 
and then the guy keeps trying to stab him but the dude is a ghost and somehow he hits him at a certain point fast forward a little bit three of the guy's henchmen show up and say that their master is going to return after he's done healing at a hot spring he's going to return on the 16th and when he does okay, he's hang on, take wait. revenge have y'all did y'all notice how many times they dropped exact fucking dates in the movie it was it's like weird, August isn't it? 24th, yeah, March, March 24th. It's yeah. like everything yeah. seems like fucking ethereal, and then it's like here's a, here are some exact dates. All right, Which cool. is what, does do you guys know? Do you guys know? Did they they didn't have the the Julian calendar, right? I mean, did they have 365 days? So How did they? So the movie is based off a 1903 book, right? I don't okay. know, man. By 1903, they probably would have had a bunch of Christians in and out of that motherfucker. Yeah, they, I mean, Dude, they probably... Dude, the, the book thing is really interesting, too. Did you guys read up about the, the guy who wrote these stories down? No, no. I'm totally ill-prepared. Oh, well, I, I, have, a, I have some quotes here. Ooh. Right? Um, the Life and Work of Lafcadio Hearn, 1850-1904 are something of a case study in exoticism with Hearn, the quintessential man without a country, born to a Greek mother and an Irish father, set adrift at an early age among unsympathetic relatives. Wait, wait, are you telling me the guy who wrote this was white? He is. This is great. Listen. Uh, Absorbing the aesthetic directives of French romanticism while enduring the dreary rigors of a Catholic boarding school in Normandy, shipped off to the United States where he remade himself as a chronicler of black culture in the American South and in the Caribbean, and finally reinventing himself once more in Japan, marrying a woman from a samurai family while concealing the traces of an earlier biracial marriage in America, converting to Buddhism, and establishing himself as a world-famous interpreter of Japanese culture and folklore, while remaining only modestly capable of reading Japanese. (laughs) So that's the... That's the book that this is. And this book was wild. It was 37 pages, and it was wildly popular in Japan in the 1910s. Or, no, sorry, the, like, 1890s. The aughts, yeah. Yeah. No yeah. shit! Um, That's fucking crazy. Yeah. And it's basically yeah, a it's collection a, of, like, traditional stories, correct? Right, yeah. So he kind of, he sort of gathered these, and the implication from this text is that what he read, he, he maybe, like, half understood. Uh, and then he just kind of wrote his own versions, and then that's what uh, Kobayashi, the director, who um, is is considered one of the greats, right? Oh yeah, Hari uh, especially Kari. for yeah, yeah. He did the original uh, that one, and he did a movie called The Human Condition about world, <coughs> excuse me World War Two. <coughs> um, but uh, but yeah, the, it was so popular that um, actually, you know what's kind of funny is that. Lafcadio, I was thinking about this, right? Because the last part of the movie takes place in 1900, which would have been 65 years before this movie came out, which is pretty much almost the exact same distance that that we are from this movie, mm. um, by about off by about a decade. But I thought that was weird how time works, you know? Dang. You're just a few 60 year periods away from people in Japan wearing kimonos, like actual kimonos. And they're being samurai walking around. So you're always sixty years away from a samurai. <laughs> That's right. I want to be a samurai so bad, dude. I'm not even kidding. I feel like I I know that I wasn't a samurai in my past life. I've said this on the show before, uh, in the Izo episode. But like, that would have just been so badass. 
just be like a ronin without uh, without a, a master you know just wandering the countryside getting into sword fights would have been sick well that's why we're how trying to get they canceled were on this show to be say what to be samurais canceled and then be a samurai oh like like how Wait, hold on. What are we talking? Who said what now? <laughs> it got confusing. I'm not gonna lie. I think I think my yeah. candy just kicked in. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, no. I, I so, was saying that that's how you become a samurai. You get canceled on this show about Japanese culture, and then in your next life oh. you're a ronin, a samurai with no master. That's gonna be so sick. How badass so do you think they were at sword fighting? Do you think we like romanticize it? Do you think they were like? Cause like I know that like, so like if you. In the old West, there weren't nearly as many gunfights as you thought there would have been, and mostly they were just shit shows of people fucking up. Like right when you watch old right. westerns, right. it's like people like drawing guns all fucking badass and shooting cigarettes out of people's mouths. Well, bullshit, right? Like it was pretty rare. It was more likely you were gonna actually shoot yourself on accident or whatever. Right. Um, I wonder how the sword fighters were. Like I wonder if well, they're... it was it was. D- it was different because in the in the old west you had uh, people who were basically dumbasses, like you sure. said, like animals, right? Like they were just running around doing crazy shit. In J- in Japan, I mean, it's a different culture, and my understanding of it is that it's obviously a much more disciplined and duty bound culture. And so, like, what they, the way that they would fight with swords, right? They had the, like their code. The Bushido code, and they had a very specific way of fight of sword fighting too, where it wasn't just like run up on each other and clang, clang, clang. You know, they would take they had different stances and different. It was like a chess match, right? Where uh, you know the loser obviously got stabbed. So it was kind of a. I think it was more common, and uh, you could actually, without being you know the most muscular or whatever, you could be like the most badass. Uh, swordsmen and they're you know Izo was one of them um who's that guy from Kill Bill he was really good um <laughs> but uh but <laughs> movies movies, movies are real life yeah yeah he, yeah, he was really good yeah yeah <laughs> he, had a, uh, he had a lot of good lessons too <laughs> right right but I think, yeah, I think that in uh, in Japan, you know, I think it, you had bandits and stuff who would run up on you and, and try to steal your shit, and so you'd have to be uh, pretty badass. Who's the uh, Musashi, right? The guy, the Musashi in the Five Rings, mm-hmm. you know, who's, uh, it's probably a fake story, right? But he's the guy who took on 400 people and, and won. Um, but, like, even if that's not true exactly, the, the point of that story is that he fought a bunch of dudes and killed them. Sure. Right? And I choose to believe that that's real. Well, and I'd so, imagine, uh, like, so, like, if you think about, like, Europe, I'd imagine that, like, sword fighters, like, duelists, were probably yeah. way better at their craft than, like, your average motherfucker with a six-shooter in the, in the Wild West. Right? Exactly, right? Because yeah. you could just wait till somebody turned around and blow their brains out from behind and shit. Well, in a duel, wasn't it, the rule was one bullet, right? If each person got a bullet? Well, and I think a lot of that is just fabrication. I mean, I don't think there were mm-hmm. a lot of actual duels, from my understanding. Um, I was at well, a... didn't, huh? who's the guy, didn't they, didn't, um, like a president get killed in a duel and shit? No, he got uh, shot. Alexander Hamilton? Yeah. 
that's who I, is that who that was? I yeah, don't, but I don't that know. wasn't the old west though. That's like old northeast. I, that was one bullet because they had to be. They were just like that's all those guns held. Right. You would have okay. a backup yeah. gun, and then, but that mm-hmm. <laughs> Kelby's fixing to get popped, bro. Do you hear the cops in the background? <laughs> I know. This motherfucker's going down, bro. They're like, they're like, you can't talk really about samurai right shit, Kelby. Going to jail. <laughs> they found out. They found out his son robbed a liquor store. And Dude, they're, <laughs> they're showing up. He robbed a li- what? Is, <laughs> Kelby, what do you yep. drink? You drink like high gravity. You strike me as a high gravity guy. <laughs> I man, I've been on some E and J for a while because it's twelve dollars, and uh, but that's some that's some good ass brandy though. Uh, I never, I was never a brandy drinker. Back when I drank, I drank scotch and beer. Uh, I would drink bourbon some, but not like, and I would only drink like, I would drink Johnny Walker Red, or I would drink like Maker's Mark, and then Miller Lite. That's like, outside of that, was rare. Every now and again, I'd have a dirty vodka martini. But, like, a lot of people, like, I never, like, got into the whole, like, micro-brew or, like, crazy amounts. I was just, like, alcohol is for just being fucking throttled on. That's what that is. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. No, I like to be, like, an elegant old man with my shit, like, brandy, cognac. Yeah. Yeah. I'm wearing a perfume that smells like cigars right now. (laughs) Do you dress up like the ladies' man and fucking drink Cavassier? Yeah, That'd yeah, that's yeah, and I even I put on the black face too. Oh no, you can't do that. <laughs> not even, not even in your own home if nobody can see you. It's just like well, when you sing along. You heard the, the sirens a second ago. <laughs> you, you heard the sirens a second. <laughs> Where are we in the explanation of part four? Where did I we think get? we're done, right? I mean, what's what's interesting about part four is that it's unfinished. So they have this long-ass movie, and then part four is, a, like, 20 minutes long, and it has no ending because the, the guy who's writing it uh, basically says as much. He says, you know, this story is unfinished. And so you get to a point where this guy is uh, fighting the, the sentries that have been sent to uh, deliver the message, and it looks like he kills them, but then they come back, and then he starts laughing maniacally. And then that story ends, and then the writer ends up sucked into a teapot. Um, and that's it. And then that's that's curtains on the movie. Yeah, he's like, he's like, I can't end it in a way that will satisfy you, so make up your own ending. <laughs> Which is literally <laughs> yeah. Which what, is what all three of us need to start doing at the end of our Absolutely. Fucking make it up on your own, man. Nobody likes my ending, so go fuck yourself. (laughs) Do you, Brian? Have you, have you, have you ever been uh, satisfied by an ending that you've written? Uh, I liked the end of Opioid a lot. I thought the end of Opioid was pretty strong. Um, Right on. But I thought motherfucking sharks ended well. I think your books end well, actually. You know. I think the only one that people really freaked out or didn't like the ending on was Sip. Uh, and I thought that ended perfectly at, when I wrote it, and I, I haven't read it in a long time, so I don't know. But, you know, yeah. you know how it is. It's like the way I... 
I don't know, like, I'll read some book one time or another, and it'll be like, oh, it's a great ending or whatever, and you read it, and you're like, not really. You know, like, like, uh, right. like, um, uh, The Great Gatsby's supposed to have a, an amazing ending. And it's good, but at the same time, I don't know what all is resolved or whatever. Um, well, it's like the dude gets, just gets in a boat, and people lose their shit over that. It's like, okay. Well, yeah, I mean, he... Yeah, he's just kind of... And he doesn't even really get it. He just talks about a boat, right? Like, he's just standing on... It's good. I don't know. I mean... I'm trying to think of, like, other endings that... I don't know what ending I like most in any movie slash story. Do y'all have, like, a favorite ending in anything? Yeah, I really like the ending to uh, Infinite Jest. I thought that had a great ending. I uh, have to, never made it done. more than 100 pages in that book. Dude, it's great because uh, it's basically Don Gately. Because uh, you know, there's the, there's a whole uh, B plot about a about a AA like a halfway house basically, mm-hmm. and the ending of it is uh, Gately. Uh, it's like a flashback to when he's really uh, drunk and high or whatever, and it's just this kind of r- long rambling discourse on uh, life and being fucked up. And yeah. I don't know, hit me hit me real good. Um, other than that. I thought, uh, as far as movies go, obviously, like Fight Club had a great ending. It did. Have um, a good ending. Much better than the book. Like yeah. the movie's yeah, exactly. ending is yeah. way yeah. superior. Yeah, and then uh, I don't know. I mean, like I like I like surprise endings. So I mean, Seven had had a great ending. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Recently, I, I don't like the ending to anything that I look at. I watched. Squid Game, and that did not have a good ending at all. Um, oh, but you know what? Old Boy had a great ending. Did I you see that movie? Old Boy, no. Old Boy, it, had, yeah. Yeah, it's a. I won't spoil it for you because you should watch Old Boy, man. It's it's great. Supremely but that one has a good ending. Fucked up too. Do you, do you think when yeah, most really people talk up. about good endings, though, they talk about good endings in like the Shawshank Redemption kind of good ending, where it's like they go down to see Watneo and everything's fucking peachy keen i think that's a lot of it right like i think well oftentimes people want endings to be i don't know not happy but like satiating in a way that endings probably aren't i don't know like i fucking i yeah, love the yeah. ending to count condeed by voltaire where they're di- like right they do this whole fucking worldwide trip to look for this girl who ends up being ugly and then they're just <laughs> sitting there at the end and like uh, Pangloss the whole time is like everything ends, everything's for the best everything's for the best and at the very end right Candide's like nah that's bullshit we should just grow some fucking carrots and that's it you know like oh. yeah he's like nah nothing is for the best we just need to tend to our gardens and I, I love that's that it. ending um, but if you give that ending even though it's a famous ending right like even though even though, like, that ending is, is literary famous, right? This idea, like, that the end is more introspective and things don't really add up. If you give audiences that kind of ending, which is, to me, a more realistic ending, they oftentimes get very upset. I don't know. I, right. I, I Well, then, too, I don't really trust readers. I find readers to be no, amongst no. the stupidest people you'll meet. And so, like, oftentimes you can't really get a good gauge because, like, they'll love, you know, there'll be some book that people just love the shit out of, and you read it and you're like, I don't know, it seems kind of weak to me. 
I don't know, it's hard to the say. bad reviews that I always get the bad reviews that I always get on my first book are you know I guess I wasn't smart enough to get the ending and I'm like I guess not bro I, guess. I don't know what to tell <laughs> yeah. you you sound pretty stupid to me <laughs> <laughs> but no I think that it all has to do with what the expectations are going into it sure. if <clears throat> if you're if you're writing a mystery and you're dropping clues and it's all about the resolution at the end and then you don't deliver I think it makes sense for people to be upset about that but if kind of the as you're sinking into a book you're just there to enjoy your time there with characters and at that point you don't really need an ending uh at all because you can just kind of end it the same way you might end a conversation just bye yeah yeah just bye <laughs> i had i had a girl uh, a lady rip on set for the ending not feeling satiating and but, but and then but she was like she was gonna give it zero stars if she could. It was, it was like a Goodreads or whatever. And she was like, "And I'm only giving it one star because of the reference to uh, uh, Waiting for Godot, because she loves uh. Waiting for Godot." And I'm like, "How the fuck you gonna love the ending for Waiting for Godot, uh, but think Sip doesn't fulfill the promises that it makes as a book?" I mean, like, whatever. It's totally fine. But you get a lot of that where it's like conflicting information. Like, if you like Waiting for Godot, you should like books that don't do anything. Like, right? You well, this like... just goes to my, yeah, this goes to my theory that people have no idea why they like or dislike anything. They don't have a metric that they go into these things with. Something rubs them the wrong way, and then they try to construct around that what they really mean. But it's not, it's not coherent, right? Yeah. I mean, you see this with movies all the time. It's like, you know somebody will love a, a David Lynch movie and then they'll walk out of something else and be like, that didn't make any sense. I hate it. It's like, wait, but I, is sense making what makes a movie good to you? Because you like David Lynch. Uh, so, yeah, I, I think I think that most people are full of shit. I think that, honestly, I think that's the same thing as car buying, dude. I think people are really yeah, yeah. dishonest about the things that they like. I, I think that people are yeah. like, They'll like a thing based on whatever. Oftentimes, I find that people like stuff just because they find out about it before their friends and then get to be the ones who are like, I found out about this and you didn't, you know? And so then they mm-hmm. like, I remember like in high school, it was that way with music, right? Like, oh, I heard about them first or whatever. And then like, you would feel like you owned a band or something. Um, and I think yeah. books are a little bit that way. Um I think people like, especially if they feel like they have some ownership of it because of whatever reason, um, it's odd. It's really hard to determine why people like what it is that they like. I feel like I know, and that's why I do art or try to. Um, Mm -hmm. uh, But, like, it's weird because, you know, you're trying to create things for an audience, at least slightly. And it's really hard to gauge. Not that I would like change what I do to like satiate an audience. I don't think I'm capable of that. But it's really hard to gauge like what you think you're doing and how it'll be received. Um, just based on that, I don't know. Like, yeah, you could tell like this movie, people were like, they didn't give a shit if you liked it. It was just art. I don't know. Yeah, I think that's the way to go, man. I think that that is moving forward. That is the hard line stance that I'm taking with things that I that I write. Um, 
because and the reason basically saying that I don't give a shit what people think about it isn't some kind of you know well how are you going to connect with people it's because I have an implicit faith that I have some kind of taste right it might not be great taste but it's it's taste and I have to assume that if I if I write something that I like that some other people out there will like it but I think that this whole uh, creation of things with the explicit intention to sell them as a product is just, I think it's just fucked, man. <laughs> I think it's, I think it's completely fucked and I, well, I, I can't get anything out. I haven't written anything in years, dude, because, because of that, right? Because of this like nagging bitch in my brain that says like, is anybody going to get what you're doing? You just got to like fucking ignore that shit. That, yeah, yeah, that, it doesn't really bother me if people get it or not. But it, mm-hmm. it's odd to me that sometimes sometimes people come to work where they like want to get it, and sometimes people will come to work where they don't give a shit, right? Like, and I feel like oftentimes you see this with authors, like say from other countries, and or who have been trained in a way where it's like uh, um, they're allowed to be avant garde. Right, like so. Right, if if you pick up a book from, let's say, a Mexican author, like uh, Juan Pablo Villalobos, right, his books are right. super weird and stuff, totally acceptable. Um, mm-hmm. But like, if you pick up a uh, a book by somebody from Nebraska who didn't go to a good school, um, and it's in that same vein of avant garde, it seems like a mistake. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. It, that part of it is always going to be super confusing to me. And then you'll see like books by people. I see like Don Winslow's. What was that? Savages. Is that the name of that book? Right. That book is 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 as convoluted and bullshit and doesn't cohere as any book I've read. And people act like that book is like satisfying. I I I don't understand. Yeah. I fucking. They think it's satisfying because, (laughs) dude, I hate Don Winslow too. I I read Savages. I think in like I think I read Savages in two sittings. I had a paperback of it. Uh huh. uh, Because it it like it rips. And yeah. I think that people mistake a like a book that rips for an actual good book, you know, because it's just done, like it's just over, and they think, oh shit, I just read a book that must have been really good because because I did it because I did it really fast. But no, that shit is garbage. Don Winslow is a fucking idiot, shit lib moron. Uh, the funniest and, thing, the funniest thing about him to me is that he. Profits off glamorizing violence and yep. simultaneously acts like he's a moral authority. Yep. And, yeah. like, him and Stephen King, I probably hate more than any writers ever because they clearly benefited deeply from white male privilege, right? Like, yep. Don Winslow's mm-hmm. shit is quasi uh, racist, and so is Stephen King's, all the fucking magical Negroes. And, uh,. Yep. And yet they they purport this myth as though that stuff needs to be erased. And it's like, but they're like the only white dudes who are making a shit ton of money off writing. And it's like, dude, dude go the fuck away. Just go the fuck away. Bro, like this this reminds me of a recent article I saw from Steve Albini, who's, you know, he's a, a famous uh, engineer, producer. He did like... Uh, I think he engineered in utero yeah. uh, Nirvana's album. Yeah. But he uh he had some he had like great bands. I used to listen to Shellac all the time. Uh but he also had a band called Rape Man 
Um, and so he he has this article recently where he's like, it's time to have a conversation where I apologize for my edge lordy white privilege nonsense or whatever. And I'm like, shut. Th- then give your money away, right? Yeah, yeah, you give don't. Your money you, away. Yeah. Yeah. Give your money away. Yeah. Like, you, you you don't you you don't get to profit from this amazing beautiful period of time from the 1990s up through the 2010s. This this gorgeous 20 year period where anybody was kind of just allowed to do whatever they wanted to and make money at it. And now that you're here and you're afraid that you're not going to be able to work because you had a band called Rape Man, you have to kind of retcon all that you've done and throw every other fucking person under the bus, right? It's kind of like the internet came out and uh, democratized and decentralized the means of, of production for these things. And it's like they needed something new to put a collar on it you see what i mean like oh, yeah. they had to find a new way to keep to like keep control over things because they couldn't like institutions started failing so you you have to figure out a way to keep the plebes out and what are the plebes the plebes are uncouth and unwashed so yeah. we're going to start to impose this code of uh morality that only like the really rich people are, you know Luxury they have enough money systems. to be able yeah, to they, they, they have the money to, to, yeah yes. exactly thank you yeah Right, a luxury belief system. So I have no time for this, like, fucking moralizing that people like Don Winslow do. You know, this hypocritical nonsense where it's like, bro, you wrote, like, The Cartel and you're going to moralize about, I don't know, immigration or whatever. Yeah. You directly contribute. Like, who bought The Cartel and read The Cartel, right? Not Mexicans. I'll tell oh, you that no. much. For the most no, part. No, no, yeah. I mean, <laughs> like, and he's, he's profiteering off uh, misrepresentation. Or, or you, yeah. you're basically just right because if you're on Twitter doing this thing where it's like you're telling people what they should and shouldn't do, and you're breaking your own code of ethics, and you're simultaneously being deeply and vastly rewarded monetarily for that, um, you're the enemy of anything. Like, I mean, yeah. you're you're an illogical right. dipshit, you know. And like, I don't understand how people can be that way. But it is what I mean. Power. I think power just fucks people up. And I think that yeah, at some I point, so if your too. audience is that broad, you're no longer you're no longer thinking as yourself. You're thinking about reception, and that's that's fucked up too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. I think that's. I mean, that trickles all the way down to people on Twitter. You yeah. know, like writers on Twitter who are just like you can just tell that writers are afraid because like. You'll tweet like three different things and you'll get a whole bunch of likes or whatever. And then you'll tweet something that's a little saucy and it's just like crickets. It's like, oh, everybody's like literally afraid to like this one thing because they're they think people are watching. And what's sad is that people are watching, you know, Oh, Um, I've had a few people who have gotten mad at me for things that I've liked on Twitter and I just block those people um, (laughs) because it's not worth it. Uh, yeah, I mean, and I don't understand. Like, all right, so like to bring it back to this movie, right? Like, if you put mm-hmm. out this movie right now, I think it yeah. would probably do well, right? But I don't think it would do well because people liked either the structure. They think that it's beautiful. They'd be confused by it. What they would love is that it's from a foreign country, and it's telling us stories from that foreign country. What they would hate is who wrote it, though. 
<laughs> yep. So, yeah. like, I don't, I don't know if, I don't know if you could make this movie now. Like, right, that would be so conflicting. If this dropped right now, a Japanese director put it out, and it's ja- and it, right, but they found out that a white dude wrote the source material. Uh, how how would people come to terms? Like, what would the reception be of it? And because. Because the reception is very rarely based on the actual product, and it's like the it's all these behind the scene things, and it's all these things that like a lot of times you can't control, like yeah, you, you know you can't control like if if you're the director of this film, you read that book and you're like, dude, I gotta make a movie of this, uh, but then you realize, oh no, dude, a white dude wrote it. Uh, what are you gonna fucking do? Not make you know the what's movie? interesting about like <laughs> you know what's interesting about Japan is that like Japan is simultaneously an extremely isolationist and racist country oh, yeah. uh, that that wants to keep Japan Japanese, but they also culturally don't seem to have the concept of appropriation that we have. So they're kind of mm. the the reverse of us in that respect because yeah, we let yeah, everybody they in. They don't give a fuck. And it, they don't give a fuck, man. When the Ghost in the Shell was made with Scarlett Johansson, a lot of people in America got upset about that. But you know who didn't get upset? The guy who directed the original Ghost in the Shell film and the the writer who wrote Ghost in the Shell. Like, the actual Japanese dudes and people in Japan, uh, largely, didn't give a shit. Well, hey, Scarlett and I gotta Johansson say this. I've, I've seen that cartoon... Uh, and that chick's mm-hmm. white, just like every other Japanese cartoon. Every Japanese cartoon yeah. stars white <laughs> characters. I, That's like, why they right? Got big eyes. Am I tripping? Yeah. Like, I, in the no. video games, fucking Mario, fucking Link. These people are not. These That's, are white oh, motherfuckers. Link's got blue eyes and fucking blonde hair, dude. And it's not like there's a <laughs> Japanese a Link across the pond who looks super different. So, like, the idea right. that you right. can't fucking have a, a, a whitey in a portraying a cartoon character that's the thing that cracks me up is it's like that's not a human being she's portraying right it's, ah. a, it's a robot it's, a, it's like a robot cartoon but yeah but the you know the interesting thing is that, is that you know like we're saying they they don't have that and it almost makes me think like of an inappropriate thought which is that is is the fact that they're so strict about keeping themselves uh racially pure does that make them kind of looser with everything else because they have this strict rule about this like one one thing right well, I mean, ja- are, japan is for japanese people who are they gonna uh, offend you know. like who in japan right. is gonna get fucking incensed about you know what i mean like it, it the reason yeah. why america has is so fraught with racial issues is because we're so racially diverse which is True. like a blessing and a curse, right? Because we're the most racially diverse country, which should mean that we seem like the most forward-thinking country. But it seems like we're not a forward-thinking country based on the assumptions of the current ruling class in America. <laughs> right? The people, yeah, which with power, is- the people with power are like, uh, we're not good enough. It's like, well, fix it, motherfucker. You got money. <laughs> well, and it's like in America. So, like, besides the the problem of police, and I've heard you talk about the police issue a lot, and how it's not as clear cut about you know black and white or whatever. But if we put that aside, I think that most racial issues in this country are completely made up by the media. Like, I just I just don't think the average person is that. They like they might say racist shit, but I don't think that they 
have racism like deep in their heart where they like wouldn't go fishing with a black person or something like that you know what i mean i know every time people talk about it being inherent i'm like that's no fuck off that's stupid (laughs) they're like you have to admit your racism like no no that no this this sounds like like an op to me Mm -hmm. i mean and most of the i think a lot of times though it's like Look, they're basing... A lot of these people are upper-class folks, right, who are making these assumptions. And most of them went to, like, Ivy League schools, hyper-rich white places, right? Well, rich white people and poor white people are not even remotely the fucking same. Like, it's not... It's night and fucking day. And the idea that you would, you know... I mean, I think that there's a more likelihood of... of, of, uh, Poor white people saying racist shit, you know, like racist jokes and whatever. But I think mm-hmm. that most poor white people, I don't, I, it's so hard to say. I mean, clearly there's tons of racism. I don't necessarily know what I, yeah, I don't know. It's so, I, like, so I grew up in hyper diverse areas. Like, my, my elementary school was predominantly black. My high school was predominantly Hispanic. I went to an almost all Hispanic college and graduate school. Um, and, you know, being the only white person in the room, mostly, I mean, I was generally, in college, I was always the only white person in all my classes, right? Um, mm-hmm. in, in, in the Valley, I was always the only white person. And it's not like, a lot of times what people do is, is they're just being fucking awkward. So like when I lived in the Rio Grande Valley, uh, white people, white people with blonde hair were really rare when i was in the grocery <laughs> store with my kids people always wanted to come up and touch my kids hair you know Damn. like they'd come up and touch but like because the kids had blonde hair and they would they would explain it to me there's a thing called ojo in span in in, in mexican yes. culture right you yeah you, you have to you yeah. yeah you have to touch the kid yeah if, so if they you, would always yeah. come up and touch my kids one time, my wife and I were at a at a church on an Easter day, and this whole family wanted to take pictures with my wife because she had blue eyes. Well, damn. All that is is two cultures that don't really see each other all that much. There's nothing hyper negative there, right? Like, so right. You, I think people are just awkward as fuck, dude. People are yeah. not as organized as as you would have the as you would like lead yourself to believe right i mean like most people don't do things in any calculated way they're just fucking fumbling through life you know right well i think that when people talk about racism it's two levels there's the systemic and then there's the personal and what happens though is we always get confused by this because i actually i do believe that there is systemic problems that keep black people back for example but like Nobody wants to talk about who's responsible for those systemic problems. And so those people who are responsible for those systemic problems keep pointing towards the interpersonal problems, which functionally don't change anybody anybody's lives out of, you know, outside of just like some hurt feelings. You know what I mean? Yeah. But yeah. like the actual functional stuff that actually sets people back is controlled by the same people who would, I don't know, go online and yell at people for for having white privilege or something like that Be, because they know dude they know they're that they know they're the problem so 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 what do you i mean what do you think like so this movie do you think people yeah. who have like issues with race do you think they think it should mm-hmm. exist well 
if it was getting made now, no. I mean, I think they'd look at it as an artifact. Well, so then how do you... All right, but then, like, think about, like, say, like, Justin Trudeau, who had blackface on at some point in time. Like, how, yeah. do, you, how do you separate an artifact? You know, like, like when you're, you're currently in our society, like, trying to remove... I don't know, like, so, like, think about, like, the canon, where people are like, well, yeah. it's just a bunch of dead white men. Okay, fine. Right. So, like, you can actually... Sure. A lot of times, people are applying today's morality to yesterday's, uh, uh, you know, movies or books or whatever. So, like, in theory, if you dug deep enough on this one, you could definitely write an article for Salon or Jezebel or oh, whatever sure. yeah. about how this yeah. book, how this movie uh, is problematic. Sure. Yeah. Then but it's also a masterpiece, <laughs> right? But I th then I think, too, yeah. that, like... If it's pro, uh, it gets really confusing. I like the fact that that's how this movie is, you know, like because it's like, well, then, right. what is it exactly? W no, it that I do like that. Yeah, that it's through these different lenses. This is this might sound like it's completely out of left field, but have y'all y'all played Metal Gear Solid? Yeah, the the video game. Yeah, I played the uh, first Metal Gear on regular Nintendo. Uh, that works too so basically like what makes what makes the so i know i know solid which was on playstation and what makes that game so interesting is that it's about american kind of special forces uh tactical units and stuff but it's through the lens of a japanese guy who made zero effort to actually understand americans culturally <laughs> so it's characters that are culturally japanese but they're white and it creates this fucking bizarre off kilter almost surreal feeling that i think is is really cool right and i think quiton might have a little bit of that too where it's japanese folk tales through the lens of a oh, essentially like a 19th century wigger uh and yeah. then like re re repurposed back through uh a japanese direction a director and not just any japanese director but one of the one of the great ones mm. and so you get this like this fucking vibe you know, of like a lot of people's hands being on these stories and it gives it this surreal feeling to it. I think, see, that's why I think appropriation is good and no, uh, I was, I was gonna say should, the, should be done more. Yeah, I was going to say the same thing. Like we were so close to like racial harmony in the 90s with like Limp Bizkit and like appro appropriation is where it's at. It's do you want cultures to mesh or do you want them to leave each other alone, which is nationalism. Mm -hmm. So like, right? do you want, if you're, anti-appropriation you're you're a nationalist so fuck you you nazi prick dude well you made it, a good point because yeah all the best music comes when people cross over like that i mean death well, think of death grips right i mean it's like a black dude doing punk i mean it's with also with white guys too but well you know, and too it just always seems better it depends on how you frame it because realistically music doesn't belong to cultures it belongs to musicians right if you don't know how to play a musical instrument if you've never written a song, why the fuck do you think you own something? Right? Like, <laughs> yeah. it doesn't... It, like, right? Like, there is a culture of musicians, too. Right? And it stretches way yeah. back to the beginning of whatever. And, and like, right? So if you're a musician, you have more ownership of any type of music that exists than if you're a non-musician. There's no way you can think about mm -hmm. it differently than that. Um, and then too, like so, That's this notion, this notion of appropriation. Well, so this movie is an anthology, right? And the book is very much like Brothers Grimm, which was an anthology. 
But the original anthology was probably Arabian Nights, right? Well, in Arabian Nights, yeah. one of the Sinbad stories is he gets trapped in a cave and has to blind a Cyclops in order to get out. Well, that same story is in the Odyssey, too. Right. Right, and one is a, would, you would argue, is a, it, it belongs to Muslims, and one you would argue mm-hmm. belongs to Westerns. Well, yeah. it's the same fucking story. Right. You're just changing the character's yeah. name. So and It turns out they all actually belong to Turks. Everything originates in Turkey. That if you ask a, if you ask a Turkish person, well, sure, or, or, or but like I mean, it, but it's at that if you chase shit far enough back, it gets very confusing. Like everybody mm-hmm. wants to talk about how like rock and roll is an African American music. Well, not really. It's based on mm-hmm. Scottish hymns. Like really, I didn't know that. Well, like right. So think about like Amazing Grace, or think about like gospel. Gospel mm-hmm. comes from the hymnal. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're religious songs from you know western society and then you mm-hmm. take that and you mix it with better beats and then you get right. rock and roll well cool but so like are you telling yeah. me that beats are more important than melody I, who the fuck knows i mean i think in black music you will typically find that beats are more important right that's why james brown is a genius there's not much musically going on in his music but there's much rhythmically going on Right, but then again, mm-hmm. that's appropriate. That's that melting and appropriation and shit. Like black music right now sounds whiter than it's ever fucking sounded. Like the weekend, that motherfucker could have been a white eighties musician, hundred <laughs> percent. I'm serious. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I yeah. mean, like he he could have been in fucking flock of seagulls. Yeah, uh, mm-hmm. and all and again, of rap it, right now is doing that two thousands emo pop punk stuff. Yeah, but again, music belongs to musicians. Not, not fucking races or nationalities. If you can't play a musical instrument, shut the fuck up. If you've never written a song, yeah. you don't fucking own the music. It, 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 period. Like, it's like, that's like saying that, like, uh, uh, you know, like, I, I think that only white people should be able to ride bicycles, but I can't ride a fucking bike. I, I think white <laughs> right. people came up with bicycles. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I, I actually, I actually do think. I do think that only white people should be allowed to ride bicycles. That's I my, think that's my. You know what I think? The only way I think racist. that white people should <laughs> only be able to ride bicycles. Only white why, why people. Why are you laughing, Kobe? And that's all they can do, dude. This is the weirdest fucking podcast. It got all super <laughs> about race. What started that? Oh, a white guy fucking wrote the book for the movie. That's what the deal was. <laughs> that's it. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. Exactly. But for Did real progress uh, and evolution, you you got to you got to mix, you got to mix. Uh, David and I are over here making the real racists really mad because you know our we're fucking up the gene pool. Uh-huh. Oh, you I motherfucker! Surf. Yeah, you. How did y'all? You lucky sons of bitches! <laughs> <laughs> I fucked up and married a white girl, dude. That's why I live in Indiana now. And fucking, fucking <laughs> Jesus Christ! I live in the whitest fucking place in the world. It's crazy. You go to uh, NASCAR races? Uh, no, dude. NASCAR's not that big up here. It's indie races. Oh well, uh, yeah. Uh, freewheel, uh, open wheel racing. For like uh, Indianapolis 500, I've been to the 500. It was okay. I don't. Uh, I don't think I could do a whole lot of watching racing. 
Don't get this me wrong. Kind of left, left turns are kind of cool. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Especially when they're going really fast. Yeah, but it's just left turns, you know. Right. Well, do we have uh, any final thoughts on Quiden? 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 You guys think Quiden. you'll ever watch it again in its in its no. in its in its entirety? No. In its entirety? No. This is the second time I've seen it. Uh and I would I would put it on in the background. Like I was watching it on the big screen TV. When I first saw this, I like pirated it on my little laptop. And uh it was cool, but like I was watching it on the big screen, and I was like, "God damn, yeah, I'd have this on at like a party or something." You know what? Yeah, yeah, like ambient, or like to go to sleep to, not to put down the movie, but it's just so pretty. You know what I mean? Like, you ever like can't sleep so you watch like National Geographic? <laughs> It'd be like yeah. that, but this movie. I watch. So watch uh, this yeah. movie and go to sleep. Right? That's what you should tell everybody. Hey, do you like napping? This movie is for you. <laughs> <laughs> you know what's weird, man? Is that like in my entire life, I've never had a problem sleeping. I've some, always just been able to fall asleep just some, whenever. Some people can. Kelby, can you nap? No, no. The only time I can nap is when, uh, like yesterday, I got I got sick as fuck and I slept for like thirteen hours. So you got, got COVID. Do you have the vids or what? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I got the 24-hour version. That's a good one to have, man. I had it for like a week and a half. I fucking hated it. It sucked. Could you breathe? I, I was coughing like a motherfucker. My wife made me go to the emergency room. My oxygen levels were a little bit low, but not too bad. So they sent me home. And then I started getting better. Almost every time I've ever gone to see a doctor... Like, I go see them, they don't even do anything, and then I just start getting better. I don't know if it's psychological or what, but... Um, yeah, that's probably most of it. Yeah, it's placebo or mm-hmm. whatever. I, the, I felt terrible. My mouth tasted like fucking chemicals. Um, it's probably the sickest I've ever been. I had, like, some kind of, like, uh, intestinal virus, like, eight years ago. It, 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 I can't decide which one I hated worse. When I had the intestinal virus, I was like shitting loogies, dude. Yeah. Did you think that you were gonna die when you had COVID? Uh, there was a yeah, yeah, I did. Especially because like really. Well, since I moved to Indiana, stuff's been it's better now, but like it's been pretty rocky, right? So I was mm-hmm. like, yeah, sure, sure, I'd move to fucking Indiana and die of fucking COVID. That's what I was thinking. Mm-hmm. You know, like, I was like, this is, this, yeah, this would be how I die. In fucking Indiana. Did far you, away from home. How, how, do you know, do you know how you got it? Yeah, I got it at work, man. From uh, a coworker? Yeah, a bunch of us did. We, we had like a, we had had a good sales month. And so we went out to breakfast and like five of us got, um, got COVID. And Damn. three was this of early it, in the pandemic? It was last November. Last so November. Pre, oh wow! Okay. Pre pre jabs and everything. Um, did you get the? Did you, you got the the shot right? So I did. I got my wife was getting hers, and because she's a teacher, and I was like, "Well, fuck right. it, I'll get it. If we go down, we'll go down together." Got my mm-hmm. first one. Got sick as shit again. Um, so I put off my second one for a long time, but then my second one wasn't an issue. But no, I won't I get a booster. There's no fucking way. No, no, no. I'm never gonna get that shot. They're gonna have to do something. They're gonna have to 
bring down the power of the government or something. Because, like, I don't have a regular job, so I don't ever have to get it. Um, oh, and, no. Uh, yeah. I just... At, the, at this at this point, I mean, it's just... As time's gone on, it's proven that it's not as effective as they thought it was. And, dude, fucking soccer players and shit are dropping of heart attacks. The myocarditis thing is real, man. Well... And that's what that's what worries me. And not only that, but, like... I don't know. I mean... I don't know. It doesn't it doesn't seem like in the air it's terrifying. Meaning like when you go on the internet it seems fucking terrifying. In real life on the streets with people. I mean people have clearly died from it. It's killed some people, I'm not going to lie. It's killed a lot of them, but it doesn't seem to have the same sort of swagger that something like a polio would have. It just it doesn't seem as scary. Um Yeah. I don't That's know. how I feel about it, too. I'm just kind of like, I mean, Kelby has said it before, and I think he said it well, but he's like, n- not worried about that killing him, also not worried about the shot killing him. So you're just not going to get the shot, but unless he has to. I'm talking for Kelby as if he's not here. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, my you don't but Kelby, but you know what that yeah, dude Kelby like, always says? He sounds says. like a smart motherfucker. <laughs> Kelby, <laughs> you won't ever have to get it because you... <laughs> <laughs> you you work, Kelby. You work like like just on your own now, right? I mean, so you would never have to get it for any like legal reason. No, not for legal reasons. Just if I want to like fly or something. Oh, uh, yeah, dude. Honestly, that's why I got the second shot. I wanted to go see Big Thief at this place called Hi Fi, and you had to be fully mm-hmm. vaccinated. So I went and got my mm-hmm. shot. Well. Oh, uh, just between you and me and the folks who listen to this, I doctored I doctored my second shot so that like I had gotten my second shot like the day before, but you're not really vaccinated for fourteen days, they say, which is I don't know, whatever, fucking stupid. So I just changed the date on the little piece of paper that they fill out with a fucking pen. Right. <laughs> oh yeah, that's what not- I'll get nah. the piece of paper. <laughs> Yeah, I'll find it, a way to get that paper. It doesn't and make And anybody any who's sense, listening to this, dude, they're, like, they're never, they're never going to know. They're never going to know. I'm going to go to all the conventions. I'm going to be everywhere, completely unvaccinated. But I'll have my card, and I'll tell you that I'm vaccinated, and you'll never know. It's like that riddle, you know? One of one of these men always lies. One of them tells the truth, mm. always tells the truth or something. Uh, yeah, you'll never fucking know, people. You'll never be able to trust me. I might be infected. Dude, like you don't know where w- I've been, Lou. You, you don't know where I've been. If you can get it and give it, I mean that's the thing, dude. You can get it and give it if you've had the shot. I don't yep. understand. I, I, yeah, it's, no, it's, that was that was for me. That was that was when the conversation should have ended. Actually, is like uh, once they found out that you that people transmit it just as much uh, vaccinated as unvaccinated. I was like, oh, okay, then this discussion is over, right? Do like, you, do you there think- should be no bans on it. Do you think if Trump was still in office, do you think mm-hmm. that like the Trumpers would be pro vaccine and the yes, not? yeah, I, yes. I, I can't, I, I, I can't, think, I think, I don't I think, think the exact, I don't think, dude, Trumpers they have, they have tweets that every, they put, they have what, they, they, they put tweets side by side of like blue, blue people, Democrat yeah, people, I've seen that. saying like, saying like never take the yeah. Trump vaccine, and then like six months later they're like get the shot or you're a Nazi. Uh, it's 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 but transparently were, political. Were Republicans saying that they would take the vaccine? Because right, like I feel like they wouldn't. 
be pro. They would have. They would have Trump. They well, they wouldn't have been pro mandate, but they would have taken it if if Trump told that them that I cool agree with. It. If Trump was in office yeah. and he was like, "Take it," they would have all taken it. But I don't yeah, know 100% that they, they would have been like, "We need to pass a law that everybody takes it." But maybe they would have. I have yeah. no fucking idea. But it's definitely no. Political. They would have done. I don't think they. I don't think they would have done that, and that's why I, I will hate liberals until the day I die. Yeah, I'm pretty much vaccine I'm, mandate. Yeah, I'm over the left now for that for that very reason. It seems like they're very. <laughs> uh, Dude, I mean, it's weird. I'm 42. I've voted Democrat my whole life. Uh, and right. within the past four years, I've been like, I can't fuck with y'all no more, dude. Y'all are insane. Yeah. Um, insane. Hypocritical. Crazy. Fucking. It, they, they've lost their fucking. It's weird, dude. And, and like, yeah. you're an asshole if you use logic. Like, right? Like us dissing yeah. Don Winslow. Because he profits off fucking glamorizing violence, but then gets on Twitter and bitches about, like, Kyle Rittenhouse, right? Um, yeah, it's like, dude, uh, you're a fucking hypocrite, bro. Like, how are you cool with that? Like, I don't know. Free Kyle whatever. Rittenhouse, by the way, my man did nothing wrong. Free I think, man. I think, dude, if somebody runs up on you and he and you have a gun and they're pointing a gun at you, if you don't shoot him, you're a fucking retard. What are you gonna yeah, do? Exactly. Get get fucking shot? <laughs> Fuck that! And people are yeah, like, well, no. he shouldn't have had a gun. Well, like, what the other motherfucker should have done? Like, it's so stupid. Yeah, no, and the other guy, the guy who got shot was a felon carrying a gun, by the I way. know! Uh, white, white which fucking is so criminals funny. And, and Kyle Rittenhouse is a fucking, it's so weird. And the first guy, dude, the first guy who he domed was like a five-time pedophile of boys between the ages of nine and eleven. And it's like, people are like, well, he shouldn't have been, he crossed state lines. Bro, he drove 15 miles to go to the place where his grandma lives yeah. to try to keep people from burning shit down. I mean... What are what are you supposed to do? Yeah, yeah. Certain, you know if, what I mean? Like, if a kid play, cosplaying a Call of Duty hero and only firing yeah. at people who come up on him is worse than a pedophile, then like, fuck you. <laughs> yeah. Also, by the way, just really, uh, when you watch the video, I mean, he does look like a big a big blubbery goofball, but some some pretty pretty good shots there. I mean, he. Oh, he, he got kinda, his, he bro. Kinda, he 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 kind he kind of John Wicked those guys. You know what I mean? There's yeah. some rolling action. It's pretty crazy. But that was a that was just another kind of nail in the coffin for me for libs, right? Just not being able to see this in a clear-headed way. Um, and like you have uh, people who I know, writers uh, who seem to think that he's just like some dead-eyed sociopath who likes who was like the El Paso shooter or something who was like mm. stalking over to this protest to go shoot black people or something he didn't shoot any black people by the way i think that that's also... the thing dude if you shoot white people mm-hmm. it should be it should be different right yeah, i think that's okay. what i've always heard <laughs> yeah dude like what Supposed the fuck's wrong okay. with shooting a white God dude like what yeah are the you rules? should be able to you should be able to shoot white people all day long white pedophiles you should be able to fucking <laughs> rip off their dick like nobody painted the magic words on it and fucking beat him to death with it yeah, that's right and that's it should right. be fine you forgot to write the heart sutra like you forgot the heart sutra yep like yeah why did you paint my dick motherfucker <laughs> oh, now this racist kid is putting it up his ass <laughs> oh this racist kid's beating a white guy with the white guy's own dick that make any sense. <laughs> that would have been so amazing. There wouldn't have even been a trial. That would have just been like, that's amazing. 
What you actually, I, I like wonder, Kyle I Rittenhouse wonder if would become Don president. Winslow would like Kyle Rittenhouse better. If Kyle Rittenhouse ripped somebody's dick off and beat him with it. <laughs> like, Probably. I think would everybody we even would. be having yeah. this conversation? No, oh my God. No. Well, no, we would. We would, but we would just be laughing about it because it would be really funny. It would be funny. <laughs> but no, I mean... I mean, it's still funny, just, dude. Yeah. Fuck that. You run up yeah. on a kid and you got a gun and you get shot. That's on you, buddy. Like, same yeah. thing with, like, That's... that George Zimmerman, right? Or, right? Like, mm-hmm. he, he ran up on that dude. Kids uh, started whooping his ass and he shoots him. It's like, no, dude. If a 17-year-old beats your ass, you just yeah. got to take it. You're a pussy. Go you got, home you gotta, yeah. and start doing push-ups, yep. bro. Like, what the fuck? Yep. You got to take the L. That's the biggest thing with the... Zimmerman case, right? Is that yeah? Is that he was a big but like? I think about that all the time. That was such a, I don't know. It was just such. I mean, I think people confuse these two cases too, right? Because there's a lot of parallels to them. Whereas the right would show pictures of Trayvon Martin in a in like a do rag and talk yeah. about how he was you know a violent thug. And, he was and just trying to see, get his waves right. What the fuck? And then and <laughs> well, then so, and then now you see like and now the left is doing that with Rittenhouse and being like, well, he punched some girl at a party two weeks earlier. And he you know played Call of Duty and you know it's like this weird character assassination guy. And I I'm on the side of both of those children, right? Oh it's yeah, like, dude. I, were, I don't I don't like you if you if you don't like Trayvon Martin and Kyle Rittenhouse. There's something fucking wrong with you. There we go. That's that's the only logical position. You to should take you should be on life. both those kids' sides. Yeah, exactly. Um, well, that's actually that's a good place to stop. So I All think right. we're good. Hey yeah, man, thanks, thanks. Thanks. Next thanks, time Brian. y'all see a Domino's Pizza, you're gonna think about me. Uh, <laughs> so you're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> That's so funny. <laughs>